welcome, dearest members of the ton, to Bridgerton Bitches. We talk through episode two, Honeymoon Bliss, of the Netflix show Queen Charlotte. Who really gave Queen Charlotte pom-pom? Does King George have a dirty little fetish? And how many corsets do you give the sex scene? We're running polls all week on some of the topics from this episode, so find us on Facebook under Bridgerton Bitches, or we have a Facebook page called the Bridgerton Girls Podcast, and join in the conversation. We hope you enjoy the show, and if you like it, give us a rating on your listening platform or share the link with others. Hope you enjoy. Before we started talking about this episode, which is called Honeymoon Bliss, episode two, I've been processing the episode one, and I just wanted to run a couple of things past you. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. Go for it. So you know how I basically I realised why they picked Charlotte because she comes from like a really small, tiny country. And I was thinking about what Lady Danbury said to Charlotte in episode one, like, be careful if you need my help, call on me. And I was like, hang on. If people who aren't in the inner royal circle know there's something wrong with George, Maybe they can't get him married off to any of the key princesses in like the major countries. So they've had to go further afar to people that don't know about his like problems. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think you could be right. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because when they I was just thinking about that carriage scene between the brother and Charlotte and I was like, she was like, why have they picked me? And then I was like, oh, hang on a second. Could it be because of that? Yeah. Yeah, I think you've nailed it. Did you have any other thoughts since we watched episode one? No, we did some polls, didn't we? Um, So we asked people whether they agreed that Charlotte was being a bit spoiled in the carriage or whether they thought she had a point. And most people seemed to agree that she had a point, although Shelley Lou did agree that nowadays there is that whole trope around like tight corsets and stuff. She did agree with that. Yeah, other than that, I'm just trying to think of what other polls we've done, but I've completely forgotten. Not very professional. Professional. I was thinking about that complaining thing, and um, I think I've changed my opinion. I think I actually think it's good that she complained, because how many times have you watched, have we watched a costume drama, and the woman would just never say anything. Like, she'd never complain about the fact that her parents are trying to marry her off, or she'd never, like, run away or protest. And I think I remember feeling really frustrated, like, why are they just going along with it? Why don't they, like, do this or that? And then when they finally include a scene where a girl is like, or a woman is like, actually, this is really, like, messed up, we were all like, oh, she's a little bit moaning murder, wasn't she? Like, oh, she's a bit of a negative Nancy. And I was like, maybe we're being a bit hypocritical to be like having a go at her for being spoiled. When actually, like, I think this is what was missing, like in a lot of costume dramas before Bridgerton. Like, it's nice to see that actually she's like, no, this is not on. Because there must have been women in the olden days who were like, this sucks. But we never really saw that before. I just feel like it's becoming really common now. Um but I was more annoyed, not so much about that, but about her, the way she's talking about the corsets and all of that and how it was dangerous and how she couldn't breathe. And she was just going on and on about it. And I just it was more that that I found annoying and it's becoming a trope now. OK, that's fair enough. I also think that I might have been called it, you know, the manservant of Charlotte. What is his actual name? 
Oh, I don't know. Because I'm pretty sure we were calling him Grimsby in the last episode, which I'm pretty sure is the name of that character in Lord of the Rings, the one with the axe and the ginger beard. Was Oh, okay. I think his name is Brimsley. Grimsby. Okay, let's go with that. Not Grimsby, which I think might be from Lord of the Rings. I don't know. I'll have to like listen to what episode again. Cool. Okay. So do you want to start with the opening of episode two? Yes. So we start off by watching Charlotte getting ready. She gets out of bed and people enter her room and she gets her kit off. And this is where my first question is. Do you not think it's really weird that like these people come into her bedroom, including a guy, and then she just sort of takes her kit off in front of them? I mean, I didn't... Why does he need to be in the room? I didn't notice the guy. Yeah, Brimsley walks in and then I was like, it feels weird that he's in the room watching. Oh, are you sure he didn't leave? No. Oh, that's messed up. And then how would you feel getting your kit off in front of people? I personally would not like it, but I think that's a very modern um viewpoint I think in those days it would have been completely normal to do that okay okay but a guy a man servant wouldn't typically have been into like the interior rooms would they no 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 just the ladies and I thought it was funny because there was a scene where her corset was being tightened and it reminded me of our conversation about our fictional Mary character and and how maybe if she didn't pull the corset strings too tight, actually the whale bone wouldn't be sticking in to Charlotte. Exactly. She needs to have a chat with her maid. What did you think that the corset looked like it had been appropriately tied from what you saw in that clip? Mm, it felt like they were being a little bit rough, I thought, but they always do that in costume dramas, don't they? Yeah, true, true. So was there anything you wanted to mention about that scene before we move on to the next scene with that, a conversation no, about? No, no. Okay, so the next scene takes us to a room with um, the Queen Mother and like five five guys. And they're basically talking about has Georgie, as mummy calls him, Georgie had sex. Has he done the deed? Um, And she was like, in my day, you had sex with seven people watching us. Question. Having sex with seven people watching you, hot or not? Okay, so um, unpopular opinion, maybe not seven, but I kind of think hot. I kind of think it's hot Mm -hmm. if you had to do it and there was like maybe one or two people watching. (laughs) Yeah, There was this scene, I don't know if you ever watched The Borgias. What was it called? The Borgias. Okay. Um, It was this like um, show set in like medieval Italy and that's what happens. the daughter, I can't remember her name now, uh, Lucrezia, she has to have sex with her husband and it has to be watched by a council. And I think they made it look really hot. Really? So maybe that's where I'm getting it from. What do you think? I mean, to me, it's hot. Seven people. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make this into a poll, by the way? Can you make notes? I have an awful feeling that like 99% of people are going to say not hot really yeah and we're gonna look bad 
I want to appeal to you now. It's anonymous. We'll never know. But be honest. I'm going to say 99% of people are going to say it's hot. I think I think it depends on who's watching. Because the guys in that conversation, I'm not sure I'd be feeling it if they were watching. No. Let's say in the scenario for the poll, there is like a couple of really hot aristocrats. They're like you know like the king's men but they're like super hot young guys okay for this poll scenario all girls we'll just say very attractive observers watching you have sex with someone but <laughs> it, it feels a little bit like we're sort of tampering the the results a little bit <laughs> but we were just saying in general because that was a common practice we're not saying specifically in charlotte um so i don't think it's it's twisting it that much okay and also we're we're not saying as well that the people watching us would be able to offer like a verbal commentary and they're not allowed to touch themselves just saying (laughs) maybe they're just looking for a hole in a portrait what did you watch that film the duchess or something where this guy marries this girl and then he like has men have sex with her and then he watches through a, a hole in the wall and he really likes it the scandalous lady w that was oh yeah yeah. Anyway, we've gone a bit off topic, but put it in a poll. Put it in a poll. Okay. Um, and I thought that the Queen Mother handles herself really well with the men kind of hounding her for an answer. Did you like it that she called King George Georgie? Like, how did you, what did you think of that? Yeah, I thought it was cute. Um, and it's also within this conversation that we hear the term the great experiment for the first time. And that's when my ears pricked up and I was like, uh oh, something's going on. What did you think they meant by that? I think that they think this is the last ditch attempt to see if he's capable of being, you know, in quotes, normal. As in, this is his last chance to prove that he can overcome whatever problem he has. And if this fails, then they have some kind of plan B. What do you think? I think you weren't paying attention when you watched this part of the TV show. Were you or were you not doing something else during this scene? Um, well, I we think go. they think the marriage will cure him. OK, that is a good hypothesis. It's obviously wrong, but it's a good attempt. B minus, Chris. What well, I'm being a dick because I, I thought she said a great experiment Um and then she said, um, giving people titles that look like the new queen. No, then, I don't think so, because they referred again later in the conversation to the experiment and the experiment cannot fail. Like, I think it's very clear the experiment they're referring to is the marriage of George and Charlotte to try and cure him. I'm confused how it could be anything else. Mm, yeah, I think it's really clear that you're wrong, and I'm really confused by how you could mess this I up so much. I think maybe so you think... might have been scrolling on your phone mm. instead of watching the show properly. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Or we just put it to the poll. I thought the great experiment was. Now I'm confused. I thought the great experiment was trying to bring the two societies together, like people of colour and and white people, by 
giving people titles that wouldn't have had them before and that to consolidate that and to make sure that that big experiment kind of lasts beyond the, the current generation they needed an heir to secure the line but to also now I'm less confident actually I'm less confident than I was yeah okay <laughs> well let's move on um we see Charlotte eating breakfast alone don't we hang on and are, we pro- gonna, are we gonna put it to a poll like what does a great experiment yeah. refer to okay cool I just yeah. need a bit of closure that's all cool um we see Charlotte she's eating breakfast alone it's very repetitive they put on these crazy banquets for her like the food there like lobster and shrimp and cakes it's like insane to think that one person could eat all that food and then I thought it'd be kind of funny if they did a montage where she was just getting fatter and fatter and fatter until like she's like the size of a house or something she's just waddling around the palace um with her dresses like bulging and then George sees her for the first time (laughs) after like a month um but I think that might have ruined things a little bit I thought it was sad when she was like smiling at the servants um because obviously normally you wouldn't make eye contact with your servants it's like god she's so lonely she was just giving the servants little smiles and they were smiling back at her it just felt very lonely I thought they did a really good job at like displaying the loneliness like with the repetition but but what I was going to ask you is it felt like the men's servants or the man's servants were watching her and like like they were looking at her like she was interesting to them and then there is a later shot where she's like an old guy's looking at her and then she smiles at him and then he smiles back it's obviously made his day or his year or his life and I was like that's cute like I want to know that guy's story but why were they like looking at her like I was like are they just gonna watch her eat that cake like there was a profiterole and prawn scene and they were like leaning forward and I was like what are you hoping is gonna happen here yeah at first I didn't get the smiles and the look and they were looking all the time but I think it's supposed to represent her loneliness, that the only person she can really hang out with is the servants. Oh, that's so sad. Although yeah. there is one clip of her eating. You know, them. well, we, we come to it later, but there is a scene with her eating and you can see that there are some ladies, three ladies in the background. And I was like, why don't you talk to them? Yeah. Are they her ladies in waiting? Yeah. No, they like, can't be. Well, there are three women in the background and I was like what's the deal with them why aren't they talking to you I guess because they're servants at the end of the day like she doesn't have her ladies in waiting yet right because um Brimsby said she wasn't allowed to meet them because it's still her honeymoon so what are those ladies doing there because they look like fine ladies in fine dresses yeah I think they're supposed to be servants so you wouldn't talk to your servants you they're not on the same level as you like you'd only talk to your ladies in waiting and she hasn't met them yet so I think maybe they've just overdressed the servants and that that makes it confusing for us yeah because I don't know why the servants would be lined up watching her eat either like why aren't they cleaning and doing stuff like being more productive changing her chamber pot and stuff very specific but also very very important yeah also pausing a second what do you think George was doing in that time? Because I've got some theories. Well, I feel like we find out, don't we? Yeah, but at this point, because when I watch it, uh, I in that moment, I'll be like, oh, I wonder what he's doing. And then I hypothesise, like just for funsies. Like in this moment in time, did you did you have any predictions or ideas what he might be doing? 
I can't remember. Okay, so in the future, no. do that. Um, but I'll tell, I thought it'd be really funny if he was like, like a really obsessive like stamp collector or decoupage fan, or like it cuts to him like frantically knitting as a way of like recharging. Like maybe he's like super introverted. He's like, oh my god, I need my downtime, and he's like knitting because of like the whole wedding and stuff was quite intense. I just thought, I just mm. thought that would be amusing if it cut to him doing something really random like that. Um, it cuts to her screaming on the bed and running away from Brimsley. What did you think of that scene? Yeah, so just before that, we just keep seeing this montage, don't we, of her being undressed and looking really bored and miserable and like her days just feel super repetitive. And yeah, I did think it was a bit weird. I, I pop so silly Grimsby running behind her as she's running away from him I just thought it looked really silly and then you can see she starts to cry and just feel really frustrated um I just thought it was silly if I'm gonna be honest I didn't think that was silly I thought that was really lovely I really love Grimsby why for some reason I don't know why but the screaming on the bed for some reason I was like oh I don't know if you've earned that yet like I don't know if I'm just being really harsh but it just seems like it's actually only been one day but I guess like maybe if it'd been like a week I'd be like oh my god I get it maybe I needed to see more in the show of how like frustrated and trapped she felt um but we've got to remember that she is in a foreign country she doesn't know anybody so maybe that's why she screamed like yeah to me, it did feel like quite a long time because like, you see her going to reach for a book and the servant takes over trying to eat an orange and they pick the orange for her. And then we see these montages of her dressing and undressing. So in my mind, I felt like it had been about a week, but I guess it's hard to tell. OK, that's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. The passing of time, it seemed like a long time for you then, did it? Mm. Did you notice that I got a prediction right? Because in the last episode, I said that I would, I thought Charlotte would go and visit George in this episode. Ooh, well done, Chris. Amazing. Yeah. So I thought she eventually goes to visit him. Like if I was her, I think I would have gone earlier. Why do you think she doesn't? I don't know. I thought she was quite ballsy. So it, I think it takes her quite a while. Like I would have just gone out of my mind. That's why it made me feel like she'd actually only been on her own for two days. Mm. Um, so we then open with the credits, don't we? So she screams on the bed and then it goes to the credits. Um, and then the first thing we see is it sort of flash forwards into the here and now. And um, in one of those scenes, we see Lady Danbury turning up in the house that she used to live in before she was made into a lady and it looks like super in ruins like no one's lived there for years what do you think the story is there um I completely missed this scene and wrote notes on the next bit like I really can't remember this scene what what do you think though now that I'm putting you on the spot like do you just think that no one lived there after she moved out because it was a nice house it was like a cute little cottage what the one covered in roses that she lives in yeah oh my god I don't I can't believe I didn't see this um I have no idea what do you think I don't know because it was a nice property um I I, guess she outgrew it well she did move into what we know to be the Holborn house like shortly after she was given the titles but 
I was like, oh, what happened to their house then? Like, who did it get given to? And why is it in a dilapidated state? And why are they even showing that here? I think it's supposed to represent her rise on, on like to bigger and better things and that their house was so insignificant. It just went to ruins because they've advanced so high. I think it's just a metaphor, probably. Oh, nice. Very nice. And then we see um, Mum of Bridgerton, don't we, playing with her grandkids? Oh, yeah, that was cute. Um, and then what did you comment on? Um, so I put how Charlotte um, orders her carriage from Brimsby. And he says, where are we going? And she says, we are going to see the king. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so they turn up in the middle of the night to his house in Kew and she says to Brimsby uh leave like basically wait and he listens to her and I was like hang on he never leaves her alone he follows her even when she's crying and trying to run away from him he runs after her like that was awkward I thought why has he waited behind oh wait it's because he has a boyfriend so all of a sudden he sees his other footman He said, oh, yes, Queen Charlotte, I'll wait here for you. Don't you worry. Um, And it turns out he is, um, yeah, he's in a relationship of some kind with the other footman. And they go and have a bit of shaggingtons together. Yes, they do. So I didn't pick up on the fact that he actually left her side. That's a very good point. Um, Just to kind of go back a tiny weeny bit. So when Brimsley and the tall man were talking, as I was watching it, I typed out sexual tension, question mark, thought the acting was bloody brilliant. And then I saw something on Facebook. Now, I haven't been going on Facebook because I haven't been wanting to see any clues. But ages ago, I saw a Beauty and the Beast comment. Do you know what I'm about to say? No. So, you know, in Beauty and the Beast and you have the clock and you have the candlestick man. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they have a bit of bounce, don't they? Like, yeah. someone took a photo or a screenshot of the cartoons and then compared it to Brimsley and the tall blonde guy. And I've got to say, I'm getting Disney vibes. Like, it's kind of funny. Oh, cute. I love that film. So Lumiere awesome. and is it Cogworth or something? I don't remember, but adorbs and then I thought it was really intense I thought the sex scene was so good they're very good actors and I also liked how as they were making out we were getting to find out a little bit about like I like that Brimsley has no idea either what's going on like I like that he's like what's going on with your king um did you think the conversation was funny yeah and I guess the blonde guy let's just call him Lumiere um, he's not willing to give anything away. He's very loyal to the king, isn't he? He's basically like, you just worry about the queen. I'll worry about my man. I love that. And Brimsley's the same. Like, I feel like he already, he's really attached to the queen. But I thought it was really funny when he was like, um, Brimsley was like, is there something wrong with his bits? Like referring to the king. And and Lumiere is like, no, he's got large, healthy bits. Um, and then Can we I see just- Bar- then we see Bum, and I just want to say, very good chemistry. And then I actually typed out GASP, OMG, in capital letters, six exclamation marks. And then I actually typed my mouth actually wide open. Nice. Um, I just want to say, I really don't like the word bits. And I don't find it, I find it like a really unattractive word for, like, genitals, which is an even worse word. But 
they kept saying bits and for some reason I was like oh I just don't find that sexy so I want to put that in a poll what do you think am I overreacting it I don't think you're overreacting you're right but then what else could they have called them what would have been a hot way to refer to them package what's wrong with his package (laughs) what's wrong with his junk no junk is worse Uh, junk I know what the perfect word would have been member yeah I would have preferred member so dear Bridgerton use member because it's kind of you know less is more or package Um, package I don't know I don't know if I'm digging that to be honest um we'll put it in a poll we'll put it in a poll so what do you think is going to happen to these guys like do you have any predictions for what's going to happen um I did wonder whether they might get caught but to be honest probably not because he ends up being in the Queen's service in the future so probably not but we don't see Lumiere in oh in the King or Queen's service do we or have we just not been paying Mm. attention no, I don't think we do. But I think they probably just added him because it's a backstory. So I don't know. I think because Lumiere and Brimsley have started off like quite passionate. So I think they're going to do that typical thing where they both get really loyal of each of their like like the king and the queen, and then with the and then they'll maybe they'll like turn against each other a little bit because like it becomes a bit of like an issue in their relationship because maybe because they're trying to find out what's wrong and then Lumiere is like stonewalling him isn't it like that could maybe affect their relationship maybe yeah possibly maybe they end up falling out yeah um, in the future yeah I think so, so do you Charlotte before we move on because we did skip quite a big scene so before we go any further is there anything else you want to say about that scene no so before um charlotte gets a carriage um and we're back in the present day so we're back in the present day and we're we're trans transported to a scene where charlotte is super relaxed she's chilling with her son she's got a puppy on her lap and she's basically trying to say to him look guys you need to get get your stuff together um and it's quite funny because they're like oh my mom and oh I already have loads of kids and she was like do you have no shame and um I was just wondering why does she why do you think she finds it why does she have like no control over her kids um because they don't seem to find her daunting or scary like they're talking to her like she's on the same level as them yeah this didn't really make sense to me because I feel like she's supposed to be really feisty and ballsy and yet and you know a good queen but I feel like, yeah, you're right. She's got no control over them. It made me question whether she was a good queen. Well, yeah, or or is she, yeah, or, or a good mum? Like, why don't they respect her as a mum? Like, the Bridgertons, they seem to listen to their mum to some extent. And and why doesn't she just force them to marry? Why hasn't she done that already, if, if the lineage is so yeah, important? Yeah, agreed. And later on, um, she says oh, let's draw up a list of all the prospective brides in Europe or whatever. And I'm like, why didn't you do this years ago? Like, that literally is your one job mm-hmm. as king and queen is to arrange the marriages of your children quite early on. So I just thought, too little, too late. Like, why? Why only now? Unless she was so absorbed with King George that she didn't really pay much attention to her kids. I don't know. I feel like she doesn't. I, I, the, 
assumption I made is she spends a lot of time on her own without George. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I suppose we don't know when he properly kind of leaves, do we? Because her kids are like, what, in their 30s? So, hmm. yeah, very confusing. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that. And then, of course, we're then we have the Brimsley and the Lumiere scene and then that ends. So then what happens after that? So Charlotte walks into the observatory where she knows George is. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think he seemed very surprised to see her. It's like he didn't look surprised. He didn't look happy. He just looked fine. Like it was somewhere in between, which surprised me because I was like, surely he'd be shocked to see her at Q. Um, and he was basically trying to tell her what he's been doing. And she kind of looks around the room and she can see that he's been spending pretty much all his time here. And what I thought was funny is she said to him, I thought you were spending all your time at a brothel. And he looks quite cute. And he says to her, do you even know what that word means with this little smile? And then what I think is adorable is that she says, I know what a brothel is. Almost. I have brothers. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cute. And he looks at her as if he thinks it's quite cute that she's that innocent. Yeah, that was a nice scene. I liked that. Yeah, what I didn't like is um, she just starts pretty much shouting in his face. Um, And I pop, shouting in his face, not a great idea. I understand that she's frustrated and angry, she's been alone. But I just thought, oh, this could have been your chance to bond over looking at the stars and the telescope or trying to just talk, talk it out and make up. But she starts kicking off, basically. And he just screams at her, go home. And I was like, oh, my God, this is not what I was expecting. I was expecting this to be like a bonding moment. Were you? I was, yeah. And then she's quite fiery and intense. And he kind of backs away from her. And he seems disinterested. But then he almost looks like a little boy, like he's a bit scared. Like he does that thing where he kind of bites his lip and he looks really uncertain of himself. And he doesn't say anything. And then she sort of explodes at him and it almost like wakes him up from something like. And then he shouts at her to go home. So how would you rewrite this? What would you have liked to to have happened? I think what I wanted to happen is that they start to get a little bit close. Or no, what I really wanted to happen, and I'm a big fan of this, but you, I think you think it's a cliche, is that they start fighting and then they get closer and closer together. And. The the fighting turns into passionate kissing. And I'm a huge fan of that. But I think you said before that you think it's a cliche. I do. I mean, you are the trope. Like, you like to call out the tropes. Do you know what it is? Is I think I'm just really into, like, the long ban. And I would have liked to have seen them kind of kiss maybe in a couple of a couple more episodes. What would I... So you would have liked them to fight and then for them to get closer Hmm. I don't know what I would have liked. Um, maybe I would have liked it for him to like get her to look for the telescope and then maybe their hands touch, you know, and then maybe. I don't know what I was looking for, really, in that scene, maybe something more gentle and soft and, and how to really understand him. But there was it was too conflicty for me. Yeah, and it was disappointing. I was a bit like, what was the point of her? visit and and making that decision to face things front on if if that's the outcome 
I thought I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, so she kind of wanted to find out where he was. And then when she said, I thought you were at a brothel, I would almost prefer that to you being in an observatory. And I was like, hmm, really? Yeah, that was silly. <laughs> that makes me think she doesn't know what a brothel is. Yeah, or an observatory. Oh, she just really hates stars. Yeah. Like maybe she I has thought like a, that was silly. Maybe she has like a telescope phobia. Yeah. Or maybe her dad ran away with an astronomer. I'm just like we're reaching. I'm just trying to understand why she thinks an observatory I is think- worse she's just concerned that he is so obsessed over something and again this is obviously linked to whatever mental health problem he has this obsessionate behavior um so i think she's just and you can she can see that he's been sleeping there and eating there and she can see it's odd behavior when she walks away i did feel sad for her i just think that maybe she could have approached it in a way less like attacking way because yeah he just clammed up didn't he um but as she was walking away all i could think of was oh my gosh are those guys gonna like finish in time to get back to the carriage because as far as they're aware you know she might be spending the whole night there yeah i did think it was a bit risky because they've got to like get dressed in their uniforms which takes blimmin ages get all the way back out of the house down the steps and into the carriage before she gets back so pressure maybe that adds to the excitement you know oh gonna get caught oh gotta have a quickie yeah so anything else you want to talk about before we move on to the next scene no so the next scene we see the queen uh as in the king's mother can't actually remember her name uh and she's questioning what did you want to say i think we've missed a scene okay Um, you go for it then so the the next scene is where lady danbury is having a bath with coral and she is sad lady danbury's sad because she was i was having a really nice afternoon tea and it was interrupted by Shaggingtons. And she's basically saying to Coral, like, I'm really scared he's going to put one of his, and I quote, gigantic babies inside of me. And I don't know, I just kind of liked the scene. I thought it was nice that um, Lady Danbury loves her tea so much that she'd rather have tea and cake than Shaggingtons. Um, but also felt bad for her that she'd rather have a piece of like Kipling's or cake than, than get some. I thought that was a bit sad. I thought it was funny when she was like, I was having tea. I was embroidering a pillow. So like he basically <laughs> came up to her and demanded sex, like literally in the middle of an activity. And yeah, I'm sure you wouldn't want any from him either. He's not a nice guy. True. And like, imagine if he spent like ages doing the embroidery and then that anticipating that final stitch. And then you end up getting like, oh, Yeah. But um, I liked I liked the sisterhood here. It was nice. Yeah. So, um, would you want to go on to the next scene? Yeah. So the next scene is the queen eating at the table. Yeah. So she's eating at the table alone again, and I've just put poor sad Charlotte. I'm starting to feel sorry for her now. She's very very lonely. Um, and she can't do anything like 
she tries to pick an orange they do it for her it's like it's not great not a great situation uh and then she gets presented with a note doesn't she from Grimsby and it's she's told it's from the king it's a note that says something like did you write down what it says it didn't oh so that you never feel alone or something yeah and she's told that there's a gift for her and she's kind of looks excited and I was kind of surprised because I'm like you know what if someone's if I've fallen out with somebody and someone's treating me like really badly I'm not going to be excited if they sent me a gift because I'm just like well this isn't working for me I don't care how many gifts I get this really isn't working but she seems excited she goes to the hall and she's presented with the most adorable thing I've ever seen and now I really really want a Pomeranian puppy so it's this Mm. little Pomeranian puppy in a basket and she takes one look at it and she's like that is not a dog because she's used Mm. to like big dogs and she just walks away and I'm like that poor little baby puppy is lonely and I just thought that wasn't very nice yeah so when um in that scene where Queen Charlotte is eating Grimsley looks sad did you notice and I really like that that he empathizes like he feels bad for her and then he actually meets with Lumiere and says you're you know the king's got to do something he's got to show some kind of sign that he acknowledges her existence so that's why for me I don't think I think that's why she was excited that he got her present because it shows that he's not ignoring her and he's thinking about her and he heard that she was lonely and he's done something about it I actually predicted it was going to be a pony or a puppy did you have any predictions before you saw it no but straight away I put is the note and the gift fake from the servants did you think so no, because that would be treason, wouldn't it? And that wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, but it's true. It was. We know what? it was now. What? I think I've missed something. Yeah. <laughs> so we know it was because later on, when Grimsby has to meet Lumiere in the gardens and he's walking the dog, Lumiere says something like, you're late or you, you took your time. And Brimsby said, this little gift you got has little legs. He says something along those lines. Meaning that the gift came from Lumiere, not the king. No, and I thought I... it was quite obvious. All right, settle down. Yeah, um... I thought it was quite obvious because literally um, Brimsby says to Lumiere, you need to do something. And then like literally the next scene is her going, oh, the king's got you a gift. I think we should put that to a poll, to be honest, because I just assumed that when he was saying that, he means he was talking to Lumiere, who probably sourced the gift. But I think that it was probably Lumiere that said to the king, some show of affection for the queen might be nice. Um, I I really don't think that that Lumiere did that at all. I think that that did come from the king. But he's just saying, oh, this little present you got. Because he's directing it to Lumiere because he represents the king? No, sorry. It, I'm not quoting it exactly. He didn't say this little present you got, but it was something like your little idea has short legs. It was something that implied that we'll put it to the poll or I can show you the clip. But um, I'm pretty sure that's the case. 
Yeah, make a note of that because we've got a few polls now and it would be really good for, to hear other people's responses. Um, but I, I interpreted it differently. So, yeah, have you written that down? Because else we'll forget. Yeah. So around this scene, I actually wrote down, now I can see why Queen Charlotte got into snuff because her life is not great right now. Like, I just feel sorry for her. She's really lonely. Um. When the dog, there's a scene where the little dog is on the table in his basket and I've just put a little heart because it was just the cutest little thing I've ever seen. It was so cute. And that moment as well when, oh, this actually made me really sad, when the puppy was walking behind the queen and he can't catch up because his little legs are too short. So um, so Brimsley picks him up and has to carry him. And um, yeah. And I also really like, after that, after that scene, you know, her loneliness is very apparent and Brimsley's on board and, and they talk about how she might be able to have someone over during her honeymoon. And, and he says to her, you know, one would have to be very discreet and he gives her a little smile. And then that's where they decide that to invite Lady Danbury round. And I just thought I really like this friendship between them. I think it's really special. Yeah, it's sweet. So, um, quick question. What would have been a good gift then to win over Queen Charlotte? No gift is my point. No gift is going to fix what's happened apart from him actually turning up and having dinner with her or taking her for a walk or going horse riding with her. Like to me, it's pointless sending a gift when you don't want to be in someone's presence. Haha, ha, that was a pun I didn't even realise. Nice. But why do you think he sent her the present? Because she's made it clear that she wants him there. So is he protecting her from him? Does he see himself as a bad influence? Like, what what do you he, think he was thinking? He didn't send her the present. So you don't think That's he's what aware? we're arguing over, but he didn't. It was it was Lumiere to try and fix the relationship because him and what's his face um Brimsby are obviously panicking because if this marriage doesn't work out it's not going to end well for anyone can we do a poll another poll um to see if the listeners just think you're coming across really condescending like <laughs> a really quick like yes or no kind of jobby I didn't want to have to fake um a reason why I thought the king got her the gift when no offense but I know that he didn't you know it did he tell you have you seen the script I could find you the scene and record it on my me. phone. And I would love, you. I would love to see the scene, but I think it's open to interpretation. I think, to my mind, it's really clear that it's from the king, but um, the king has a manservant to do these things on his behalf. But you know, it's all good. But you know, enough of the sass, yeah, enough of the <laughs> sass. So, okay, shall we move on to the next scene? Yes. So, Lady so... Danbury. I don't trust you because you keep skipping scenes, love. Okay, go for it then. So the next scene is Lady Danbury visits the Queen. Do you agree? Is that good? Yes. Yes. And there's harp music and I love a bit of harp. Do you remember when you wanted to play the harp? Yeah, it's so nice. So pretty, OMG. And I just really love how Brimsley's standing there with them and um when she said oh brimsley said i should be discreet on my honeymoon i love 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 how the queen looks back at him for reassurance brimsley is a brilliant actor and he does a slight thing in his face as if to say oh be careful like you probably shouldn't have said that 
And I just thought that was a really cool moment. Cool. And Lady Danbury is as outspoken as ever, isn't she? Like she's, it's bearing in mind this is the first time she's met the Queen. Mm. Um, she's very outspoken. Yes, she is very honest and very perceptive and she interrupts the Queen. Um, how do you feel about her interrupting the Queen? Like, I felt like it was bordering on not quite respecting her, but I also really love Lady Danbury's directness. I just thought it was really unrealistic, if I'm honest, of just the power dynamic of the time and the way you're expected to talk to a royal person. I just felt like this is really unrealistic. Like maybe if she'd been her maiden waiting for 10, 20 years, they might get to the point where she's talking to her like that. But I was just like, I just don't think that's how it worked. Yeah, it made me cringe a little bit. It just felt like it was bordering on disrespectful, the interrupting and the talking down to her. But everything else I loved. And I really liked it how um, basically um, Lady Danbury draws some sketches of what sex looks like because she's trying to find out, well, she's not trying to find out, but she's trying to let uh, Charlotte know that they, they should have had sex to, to secure the marriage. And she's drawn her some pictures. And do you know what's really cute is that in episode one, Queen Charlotte, older Queen Charlotte, says to her children, are you putting it in the right places? Like, I even drew you pictures. And I was like, oh, that's Lady Danbury that she got that idea from. Yeah, I thought that was absolutely brilliant how the two of them are, like, looking through these charcoal drawings of these black and, like, black charcoal stick figures. And one of them's doing doggy. And I was like, oh, my God, I love these drawings. This is hilarious. Yeah. And there was one picture where a lady was almost sitting back on a chair and they'd drawn a circle around the vagina. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see that. We should um try and screenshot that picture, the, the, the screen showing all the sketches. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love to um, see all the drawings up close. I thought it was really funny. And then Lady Danbury is quite exasperated and I felt she could be calmer. But I suppose the reason why she's so exasperated is because she feels like the fate of all people of colour depends on the marriage being a success. But I still felt like she was just a little bit too much sass for my liking. Like tone it down a bit. Yeah, agreed. Um, I was also really surprised to hear that she has four kids. Oh, sorry, this might be the next scene. I didn't leave a gap, but um, was there anything you wanted to say about that scene before we move on? Only that when Queen Charlotte says to Lady Danbury, oh, you know, he got me a gift and it's a uh, deformed rabbit. Later on, Lady Danbury says it's a purebred Pomeranian um, and it's rare. It's a rare breed. And I was like, what are you insinuating? Are you trying to say that the king is trying to say that if you were a dog, you'd be rare and purebred like you are a Pomeranian? Like, what's the comment there? Yeah, I don't know if she's. And then Charlotte looks kind of sad and like thoughtful. And I was like, either she's saying the dog is like you. It's rare and it's special and you should appreciate it. Mm. I, but then I was like, I'm not really sure how that's relevant. Is she trying to say, don't judge what you don't know? Or is she trying to say the king thinks that you are special, just like the dog? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, 
maybe we could put it to the poll. What are people yeah. think about the comment? Um, yeah, I'm happy to move on to the next scene if you are. So it goes back to the future again. And it's Lady Danbury and Queen Charlotte, older Queen Charlotte, having a tea. And she is trying to ask Lady Danbury for advice. And Violet Bridgerton arrives to join them. And she's asking them both their views on marriage because she wants advice. And obviously Lady Danbury and Violet have completely opposing views on marriage. So Lady Danbury is very practical, um, whereas Violet's all about love. And she's like, Your Majesty, if your children love somebody, that will help them marry and all of this. And this is when Queen Charlotte says that her kids have like 50 illegitimate babies. I'm just wondering if that's true, because that's insane, isn't it? Yeah, she says love is not the issue. Um, my children love women who are already married. And I love how Violet is like, Violet Bridgerton is trying to like... She looks shocked. She looks shocked. And I, I like that the Queen said that because I think Violet Bridgerton has a very romanticised view of love, whereas Lady Danbury is very realistic. And she says, actually, it's not about love. It's just a transaction. Um, and I thought it was so hilarious and when Lady Bridgerton is like love can bloom from the thorniest gardens and then um and then Queen Charlotte says your flower metaphors make me nauseated with the sweetness but you you raise a good point and I was like I love Queen Charlotte gasp yeah and then that's when she's like right I will draw up all the eligible young ladies in Europe and that's when I'm just like you didn't do that already you didn't do that 10 years ago 15 years ago like why is it happening so late like you've been a queen at this point for like what 30 years yeah because she said something about how her daughters are like beyond um giving birth so I was like hang on wouldn't this have been done when they were like a day old so exactly I want to know where has she been why is this only coming to her attention now it just seems a bit odd yeah I really don't think it makes sense and also I'm pretty sure at least one of her sons are already married so I don't know maybe this jumping between the timelines is just not making sense very well maybe and and why doesn't she just marry them all off and then they can just keep their lovers on the side wasn't that quite common practice yeah Okay, so what what's your next scene? Um, so Charlotte is in bed. Queen Charlotte, forgive me, is in bed, and I think it's that she wakes up and then she goes over to the dog at the bottom of the bed in his little basket. And I was like, oh, cuddle him and sleep with him. Um, but does she call him Pom Pom? Yeah, and I love that. Oh, stop it! And do you know what's really cute is that Queen Charlotte always has one of those little Pomeranian puppies on her lap, which I think is really yeah. cute. She obviously um, grows to love them. Yeah. Also, Pom Pom is so far always in his basket, and that makes me feel sad. Um, do you feel sad? Like, do you, why doesn't he get out of the basket? <laughs> I feel sad because he's crying at bedtime, probably because he misses his litter. And he's not used to sleeping on his own. But she's too much of a selfish cow to realise that and to just take him and cuddle him. And that's what's annoying me. He's just a baby. Oh, stop. 
stop it. Okay, the only thing that's going to stop me from crying right now is I just imagine that she does have cuddles with him really soon because she's always with her little fluffy dogs in the future. So maybe she does learn, like, maybe that's just the first night, but maybe in the second night they have nighttime cuddles, you echo. I hope so. Let's just say they do because otherwise it's going to make me really sad. Um, <laughs> okay, so then scene moves to... I called him Mr. Blonde, but I think I like Lumiere better. Lumiere and Brimsley, they meet up with the dog and Brimsley's all like, what is wrong with your man? What's keeping, you know, what's keeping him from Queen Charlotte's bed? And I was like, here we go. This is where we get the conflict and the mystery. And um, and I like that Brimsley doesn't know what's going on either. So I feel like him and Queen Charlotte are in the same boat versus Lumiere and the king. Did you like that? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, but yeah, this is why I was saying it becomes clear. That, that I don't want to say it again. That Lumiere got the gift, and it was their ruse. It wasn't actually from the king. But I don't want to get into that argument again. Um, so we'll put it in a poll. Okay, we'll put it. On and can we move on to the next scene? Yeah, we can move on. But I'm not going to get Maybe it's best. Yeah, um, so the next fun. scene is Lady Danbury is in the mirror getting all tarted up because she's clearly been invited back to court. And Lord Danbury is being a asshole. He's really jealous. He's whining like a little baby. Oh, what's happening? Why are you invited to court? I'm the important one. You are no one, he says to her, because he's so jealous. And Lady Danbury could have got cross because I would have been like, excuse me? Um, she turns around, she's like, oh, my my love, my dear, um, I'm only being invited because you are such an important man. It's all about what you're doing. And she's like really good at sucking up to him. Um, and I just thought he's an asshole. So she is so patient with him. Is he an asshole? Yeah. I don't know. If you if you thought that someone liked you a lot and you'd hung out with them and then their partner invited your boyfriend for tea would you not be a little bit like hang on a second what's going on like I'm the one with the connections here why haven't I been invited um but it's quite normal again whoever's written this maybe <laughs> doesn't really get it but that sounded really patronizing you but what I'm trying to so say I'm so today. condescending today I don't know what's wrong with me what I'm trying to say is it's really normal for a queen to invite the wives of the most prominent men in court to become their lady-in-waiting and to mm-hmm. um wait on them because that is supposed to be a great privilege and honor for the whole family mm-hmm. so I don't really understand. He should be really pleased that his wife is being invited to court. And at first, I actually thought she was being invited to be made of like um, a lady in waiting or something. Um, but she's just been invited by it wasn't even by Charlotte, was it? It was by the king's mum for tea. Well, maybe that's what confused Lord Danbury because it wasn't like the new queen is inviting her to be a lady in waiting, like what you said would have been quite common practice. Maybe he's confused that the queen mother, who has nothing to do with Lady Danbury, has never had any kind of interaction, is now inviting her now. And maybe it's a bit demasculating for him as well. He, in his mind, he's a man of the house, 
and he he's really perturbed by this new kind of change in status quo you know yeah but I just I I think it's weird that he's jealous it's like what you want to go and sit and have tea with the king's mum and talk about periods and embroidery (laughs) and like the gossip and the ton like it's a female activity you wouldn't expect the king's mother to hang out with some old guy and have tea and scones maybe he's heard that the cakes are really good and that's what's really pissing him off you know he's going to miss out on those victoria sponges that would make more sense but i just thought fair play lady d like she's really good at managing him yeah she's very diplomatic isn't she yes so we basically see Lady Danbury having, I'd say tea, but it's not really, it's more of an an audience with the king's mother. Mm. And she's basically trying to get information. She's like, look, you went and had tea with Queen Charlotte. Tell me what you spoke about. And she's trying to play Mm. it down. But the the queen's, the king's mother can see right through her. Mm. And she basically says, look, I want to know what's happening. Can you just basically be a spy for me almost? Mm. Um, And again, I find it really unrealistic the way Lady D starts talking to to the king's mum she's all like oh um you forgot my title it's actually lady not um agatha and she tries to make a deal with the queen where she's basically like look if you want this you need to do me a favor and you need to improve my status and i just thought the way she was talking again was really disrespectful and again just not very realistic I guess it wasn't realistic, but I kind of love it. You know I've got a thing for Lady D, and I love that she just cuts through the nonsense. And I like the sparring, and actually I kind of love her courage that she has recently been elevated to a high status, but she talks to the Queen, like the Queen Mother, like she's an equal, and it makes me wonder if actually she comes from royalty herself. But she's got a very Mm, strong... A very strong sense of what she's worth and I love that and and she's right like she's like actually the titles are just BS because my husband can't go to whites I can't go to the Mideasts and I kind of love that like I, I like that she was doing that for her husband as well like she must know that he must feel a bit like oh I got this title but nothing's really changed. Yeah but have you noticed she's actually doing it because she doesn't want to get her brains like shagged out anymore because <laughs> Every time her husband gets fail failure, like he wasn't invited to the hunt, so he has sex with her. Um, he wasn't, he couldn't get into white, so he has sex with her. So he takes out his frustrations by having sex with her. So <laughs> she was basically like, "Look, I need him to get invited to the hunt. I need him to get into whites because she's thinking that will get him off my back or front, as I should say, not back." Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, that Hello. is actually really. That is really funny, to be fair. Badaboom indeed. So, but what, sorry, what I didn't like is I was, I actually wrote down, so was she going to sell out Charlotte? Because I thought she was going to, she was like, oh no, we didn't talk about anything apart from tea. And I was like, yeah, that's right. You're going to protect her and you're not going to divulge her secrets. But she is going to sell out Charlotte. She's, apparently she's willing to do it for a bit of status enhancement. You know, what's funny is I wrote exactly the same comment word for word. Is she going to sell out Queen Charlotte? So maybe it's left feeling ambiguous. I don't think she will. I don't think she likes the Queen Mother very much. And I don't no. I don't think she will. But she's going to have to say not. something. Because I found it quite vulgar. 
when she was basically at first I thought she was going to ask for money and the queen was like you're asking for money and I was like oh god I've just lost all respect for her but it turns out she wasn't she was like I've got lots of money it's not about that so I was like oh okay that's what makes me think she was from royalty she said as you know um money is not an issue and I again I kind of love that as well that she she has a very strong sense of uh, what she's entitled to and I really like that about her um and she's got a lot of courage as well um yeah anything else about that before we move on to the next scene yeah so um no I think I'm happy to go on to the next one so we walk well Queen Charlotte walks into the dining room expecting the table to be laid out for one to have her usual uh, dinner by herself and King George is at the head of the table and what were your thoughts on how she greeted him I just thought why is she shouting at him didn't give him a chance yeah she's got to stop doing this it's kind of pissing me off like she walks in he's at the table I was like oh yay he's there like she could have just tried like George you're here what's he gonna say instead she just goes in there she starts shouting at him then she walks off he follows her and he pulls her on the shoulder and turns her around and I was like oh yes let's have a little bit of a fight and a make-out search doesn't happen again um and what have I written I can't read my own writing uh she yeah you go she's quite mean I thought she was quite mean and then she tells him to give her space and I just thought on one hand I can see that you're frustrated that he's been really cold with you then he turns up and he kind of acts like you should just ignore the fact um but I'm I don't think I'm a massive fan of this combative aggressive like yelling at him because I just want to be like I want to be like oh my god I'm so glad you're here like I want him to actually feel peace in her presence. And I am i was thinking, oh, no, if you keep pushing him away and getting angry and, and not figuring it out, then he's not he's going to feel like too anxious to like be in your company. But he, he doesn't seem to mind it, though, Chris, because he says like he actually says, look, I'm really sorry. Give me a chance to explain. And I kind of love that, that he gets her like he understands her. Yeah, I mean, it's good that he carried on. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I don't get why she was shouting and walking off. Like, surely it more than anything, you just want a conversation. Like, what is going on? Where are you? Why aren't you here? What's happening with our marriage? Like, I'd have so many questions. I wouldn't just be shouting and walking off. But I guess we all deal with this kind of thing differently. And for her, it's very much anger comes to the front. Yeah. And this is the thing as well. Like, I've got to keep remembering, like, she's 17. It might be her first time away from home. And, and as well. I don't think English is supposed to be the character's first language. And I think what would have really driven home how difficult this is for her is if in episode one, that carriage scene with her and her brother, they're speaking a different language. And he says, yeah. in, and he says in English. So it's like reminding the audience that actually she is in a foreign country. It's not her language. that She is really isolated. And I think that would have been a really nice way of driving home why she's so angry, because she feels that she's been screwed over. Yeah. And maybe she should have an accent. But I guess they couldn't do that because they've already filmed Bridgerton and Queen Charlotte doesn't have an accent. But then you could argue that it's been 30 years. She's just acclimatised the accent and stuff. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's what we need. Yeah, I think that would have been really good as well to highlight that she was so like alone and away from home. Um, And I then, okay, so then he says, look, 
give me a chance and he takes her back to the observatory doesn't he yeah and it's kind of nice because he opens up so she she's looking for the telescope he shows her venus she's quite like wow this is amazing she starts to understand how this could become quite obsessive um as a hobby and he starts to say um you know looking through the telescope reminds me how small i am like a little piece of dust um i've been brought up to be a king it can make you proud this keeps me humble and she looks at him as if to say you know she's starting to understand him a bit more which was quite nice and he apologizes to her he says i'm so sorry and she says i do not forgive you yet and i kind of like that because i thought yeah you know he is really screwed her over i don't think she should kind of straight away be like oh don't worry about it mate um but they're starting to yeah starting to bond yeah and i like it that he says he said it keeps one humble to focus on the stars being a king the world revolves around me and it has made me selfish so do you think at this point of the show did you think oh his problem is that he is spoiled no no but, but he's just saying that to have is he that it's made him selfish well maybe it'd make anyone selfish i don't think being selfish is his biggest problem at the moment <laughs> i think the fact that he's got some some mental health issues is probably the biggest problem and we've all yeah. got faults haven't we but that's probably quite far down the list in terms of <laughs> problems for him <laughs> but i suppose that's how he's trying to justify his behavior to her at the moment like he likes to look at the stars because he feels like he, he's a center of the universe and that makes him selfish so he's explaining isn't he why he looks at the stars which i thought was nice um i guess my main yeah. question is why now what why yes. has he changed now what's gone on exactly and this is what for me is lacking in the storytelling so first of all i was like what was the point of having her get in the carriage go all the way to the observatory to have a conversation that doesn't really go anywhere and then for her to leave the only thing that did was us see Lumiere and Grims, um, Grimsby having sex. And then so that felt like it didn't really move the story on. And then again, um, here as well. Yeah. I completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's fine. Do you know what I just just occurred to me as you were saying that? What are your thoughts, right, if they scrapped the whole flash forward in time okay hear me out here this might be cray cray and so they 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 have the story from her perspective and then forget the flash forward in time but instead tell it from his perspective so we're seeing both of their storylines at the same time because then that would fill in so many gaps and it would be and it would build up that sense of oh like conflict and and then we could really see what what's going on for him because he do, he's so muted. He doesn't get yeah. the chance to speak because she's always shouting at him. Yeah, sorry. That's what we were saying, isn't it? They haven't told us or shown us in the story what has made him suddenly change his mind and come and sit at that table with her. Mm-hmm. Like that came out of nowhere. We're not like you say, we're not seeing anything from his perspective. So we don't know what made him change his mind. So it's a little bit annoying. Yeah. Unless we're supposed to be on tenterhooks like she is, like where they want us to feel as confused as she is. Maybe. Um, 
And then again, why does he decide to come home? Has she passed a test? Has he passed a test that he set himself? Like, what did she do that made him change his mind? Exactly. She didn't do anything. Mm. So they start to get closer and they talk about their wedding. And then he says, we did not have a proper wedding night, basically, um, because we didn't have the night part, meaning they didn't have sex. And they kiss. And then she basically says, does this mean you're coming home to Buckingham House? And he says, yes, I'm coming home to Buckingham House and smiles at her. And it was kind of sweet. Um, And then they leave. And I just put here, what changed his mind? Question mark. Yeah. Like, as we were saying. Yeah, that's exactly the same. Exactly the same as what I put. So then then I think it's the same night, right, that we see all the servants packing up his stuff into this new home and they're both getting ready aren't they yeah and what's interesting is he's saying how they had to travel separately because there's this cut scene when they arrive at the palace and uh he says oh you know because the servants or whoever's in charge thinks that there's a possibility you could be carrying the future air we have to travel separately and the royal family do that today they, they take separate planes and stuff don't they because they have to ensure that there's an air if there's a plane crash or something um, and then she said, oh, but we didn't before. And he was like, oh, well, there was no possibility before we were married that you could be pregnant or something. But then he says, but after tonight, there will be a possibility. And I was like, it reminds me of like those couples who have been married for years and years and they try and put sex night in the diary and it becomes really formal and planned. So it doesn't become spontaneous. It's like we are having sex later tonight. I will see you shortly. That kind of thing. Don't you I, think? I actually thought it was kind of sexy because he's like basically saying, like after tonight, I'm definitely gonna do you. <laughs> like yeah, that bit I thought was kind of hot. Like it was like oh, you know, but it was like I will see you later for sex kind of thing. I don't know. I it like takes that. the spontaneity away, doesn't it? Well, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of hot. Eek. <laughs> <laughs> And then she gets all dressed up by her maids and she gets taken to his room and we open the door and he looks kind of nervous and and just adorable because he's so handsome. And she makes this kind of sweet joke that her maids have chosen the wrong costume um, outfit because there's so many buttons. And he says, I'm very good with buttons. And the insecure part of me would be like, oh, so you've done this before, have you? Like a lot, have you? You've slept with lots of women, have you? Seems to know a lot about buttons. and I was like I'd be like I'd be like who was she (laughs) Um, whose buttons did you touch no I'd be like whose buttons (laughs) (laughs) who is she (laughs) Um, because I was I was just in a silly mood so I've got here bedroom scene and she mentions a thousand tiny buttons and I was like I bet she is a nightmare to dress she complains about whale bones she complains about thousands of buttons can you imagine trying to dress this woman and then and then I had like this little thought that like when he's like oh I'm very good with buttons buttons the object not the person (laughs) (laughs) I was like omg what if he shagged one of the maids 
And she knew that he's into buttons. And so one of the maids has purposely picked lots of buttons, knowing that he's got a bit of a button fetish. fetish. Yeah. I've put here. It's kind of cute. Of all the fetishes to have, I think that's quite a cute one. That is absolutely adorable. Can we put that to a poll? (laughs) Would you find it hot if a guy had a button fetish? Mm. And also, we could just ask who Buttons is in case he is referring to a person. <laughs> um, <laughs> we we go on to the sex scene. So I got my my got my pen ready. I got focused. I was like, I need to review the sex scene. I need to give it some corsets out of five, which I hope you've done as well. If you haven't, you need to start thinking about it right now. I am. Um, so my review of the sex scene was. It was very gentle, gentle, softly, softly, which wasn't really doing it for me. It was almost like too gentle, gentle. Um, she <laughs> <laughs> she says, he says to her, do you know what's going to happen, basically? She's trying to find out which is what the sex is. And I thought she has no idea apart from the sketches. And then it's really funny because she answers, I have seen drawings. Um I do not like the part where my head hits the wall over and over. Is there a way to avoid that? And he just smiles at her and says, yes, there is a way to avoid that. And I was like, that's adorable because Lady Danbury is basing it purely on her own specific sexual experience. She doesn't know any other. So she thinks that's normal. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. That was really, really funny. Yeah. And then we have this scene where he's on top and we get a bum shot. So he's just got his bum fully out and all you can see is her legs really wrapped around him. And again, it's all very slowly, slowly. And it does that thing the Duke did with Daphne where like the last few seconds he just speeds up and really goes to town. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is my commentary of the sex scene, okay? So such lovely music. I thought it was way nicer than the, the Daphne and Duke Coronation Street. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I put such lovely music, naked man, so intimate, heavy breathing, OMG, looks so real, most realistic <laughs> sex scene, slow clapped. <laughs> slow clap at the end. I've popped my favourite bit is right at the end where he starts speeding up and giving it a bit more welly. <laughs> <laughs> and um when he finishes <laughs> give it a bit more welly love hang on um, hang when on when he finishes and then he's quite a noisy finisher which i thought was kind of hot he looked like he was really enjoying himself hang but then on. she laughs at the end maybe that's what lady danbury told her to do yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, what would have been brilliant if the queen had said is it him? <laughs> or, yeah. My lord, I feel nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's, that's what Lady Danbury says, for example. Do you know what I mean? Like, it would have been really yeah. funny if Lady Danbury had made a comment like, get off me now, and told mm. Queen Charlotte that's what you've got to say to them. Yeah. Um, so why do you think Queen Charlotte laughed? I think she just thought, um maybe because she was shy or maybe because he was quite a noisy finisher and she thought it was funny but I've put like did she finish question mark it was quite hard to tell do you think yeah it's hard to tell so the sex scene as we saw it do you think that is kind of 
like second by second, like realistic time? Or do you think it's like a compilation of moments? I, I want to know, do you know what I mean? Like, is what we see exactly how long it lasted? I don't think there was because there was like some soft kind of changing shots. Um, so I think it's supposed to be a little bit longer. But out of five corsets, I have given it two and a half. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a second. Let's just calm down, okay? Let's just calm down. I need to know, what did you give the Daphne and Duke scene, just for a bit of context? Um, so their first wedding night, I thought it was a bit hotter, apart from I didn't like Daphne's opened mouth thing gasping the whole way through, but it was it was better. Um, maybe three and a half, four. Okay. Maybe and three then, and a half. So three and a half for Daphne and the Duke, and then how many for... Um, Lord Bridgerton and I can't believe I can't remember her name. Okay, I don't Kate. really remember the wedding nights. Oh no, that was probably better. That was probably a four and a half. That was insane. I think. Okay, what would have made this sex scene four corsets? Um, I would have liked to have seen a bit of boob. Mm. For me, that's always going to make the sex scene better because it feels real and it feels a bit naughtier. And um, I would like to see him touching the boob um just the one or both <laughs> just the one is fine okay and also I just again he was only putting in you know a bit more of a you know putting the welly in towards right at the end so the the, the beginning bit was just way too sloth, soft and gentle for me yeah <sighs> what are you gonna give it I don't know. I think what I would have liked is if maybe him playing with the buttons. I think he has a button fetish, and I would have liked him to just to rub the buttons a little bit. I don't know. Um, he could have undone think, them with his teeth, maybe. Yes, and I would have liked him to maybe have kissed her neck. I would have liked there to have been way more of a lead up, like kissing her neck, her arms, like yeah. Um, and I would like more heavy breathing and I would like more kissing, like with the cameras really in their face, like the lenses touching their cheek kind of like shot. Um, and maybe watching him take his clothes off. Um, yes. Um, I did like the bum shot. I thought that was unexpectedly pleasant. And mm. maybe as well, I do love a bit of heavy breathing. I've got to be honest, I think that does make it seem kind of more natural, more real. Um, maybe I would have liked it if she hadn't laughed at him at the end. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, and if she, more... maybe if she had finished as well, would have been a bit better. Maybe, or maybe it's like that nervous laughter, or like maybe that's how, like that's her release. Like she's just like a little laugh. Giggled. So what are you giving it out of five? I think a three out of five. Okay. I think it was good I think it was nice um do you know what it is I think I just need more of like that emotional long burn like the like in series one and two of Bridgerton I love the build-up so much it it feels like it it means more yeah yeah and um, then so the next morning she wakes up and I was like oh shit he's made the ultimate mistake because this happens in like comedy romantic movies where it all goes to shit the next morning when the woman wakes up and the guy's gone and she gets really mm -hmm. offended but luckily Charlotte is like oh no she's cool about it and she basically goes into the palace and someone says oh the king has a visitor and she realizes uh, that he's with his mum and he's having a blazing row 
And I didn't really think it was fair that she gets offended by what he says. So his mum is like going on about, have you, have you slept with her? Have you slept with her? And he's like, look, I know I'm king. I know that I have duties, even if I have to do things that are against my passions or whatever. Um, don't you think I know that? And he gets really angry. And um, basically, Charlotte is overhearing this. And she's now got offended because she's like, oh, what? Well, I'm just a duty to you. Um, I'm not something you want to do literally and I thought oh you're totally kind of you're overreacting to this because he's just speaking to his mum and he's just telling her yes I've married who you've wanted and I've consummated the marriage and I know that that's my duty and Charlotte knows that so I feel like they're kind of making a little bit of drama here there doesn't need to be any um I don't know if I agree with you he's not just having a conversation saying yeah mum we've done the day we've slept together he's like I have been born for the misery or the happiness of people. I've done my duty. I've slept with her. Um, and the way he was saying it, actually, it was like, I've gone against my passions. I was like, I think anyone would be offended if they had someone talk to them like that. So let's put it but to the I, poll. Is she overreacting? I, I don't think she yeah. is. I think he wasn't talking about her specifically. He was talking about being a king in general, in, in terms of the context of being a king. And he was just like, I'm a king. I'm always having to do things for duty rather than because I want to. I don't think he meant specifically Charlotte. So I feel like they're just trying to create a little bit of drama and tension. Is it going to be like this, you know, Bridgerton, Bridgerton thing where the couples are constantly making up, falling out, making up, falling out? Like we have with Kate and Anthony and we have with the Duke and Daphne. And I, I, maybe that's the only thing they can think of to kind of make it exciting. Yeah, I think they like that miscommunication. I do think it would be easy to interpret what he said to be referring to her because I would have taken it the wrong way because he does say about Judy. He doesn't say, oh, I actually really like her and we've done it and I'm really happy. He He's like going against my passions and I, I married her like you told me to. I've bedded her like, yeah, I, I actually think it's fair that she reacts that way. I think anyone would. Um, and then it flash forwards to the future where lady where queen charlotte is eating her breakfast and she's sort of going through the wedding the, the potential list of brides isn't she for her children yes and i've put um sorry i put the bit about lady danbury and lord danbury arriving at the holborn with her new house have i missed out a bit oh i'm so sorry i thought that was episode one but that that's cool yeah, so basically Lady Danbury has got what she's wanted from George's mum, the Queen. And she, sorry, I guess she's not a Queen. I don't know what she's called. Um, she turns up at the Holborn and they're like, the the guy, oh my God, her husband's being a total douche again. He's like, oh, you know why this has happened, don't you? Because I'm such a great guy and I'm so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really good at keeping her mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'd be like, oh, for God's sake, mate, this has nothing to do with you. And he just actually talks over and says, hush, woman, let's kind of get the key and open the door. And I was like, he so diminishes her. And yet she's the one that's really like running the show. It's so annoying. Yeah. And knowing Lady Danbury like we do, how did she bear that? How how did she not feel really oppressed by that kind of energy? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really annoying. So before we finish today, because I know that we need to go. Do you have any oh, they- predictions? sorry there's one more thing that we haven't mentioned so then it goes back to George and he starts to like have some kind of seizure or like a like a panic attack or something 
Mm. And he's like shaking and he kind of collapses. And then Lumiere comes in and he's like, do you want me to fetch the doctor? And George, first of all, was like, no. And then he's like, actually, yes. Um, and then he's like, look, Charlotte, just make sure. And the Lumiere's like, don't worry, she won't know anything. So he wants to keep it secret that he's having, he's obviously having some kind of thing based on his argument with his mum. It looks a bit like a panic attack or something, doesn't it? So to me, it looked less like a panic attack and it looked more like some sort of like pain, like some sort of neurological pain, mm. like shooting pain from like his his head. Like that's what I got. And I wondered if it's brought on by stress and if we'll start to see emotional stress or that feeling that he he can't cope it triggers something in him but yeah I don't know when I saw it I was like oh pain and I felt really Mm. bad for him and I'm gonna be honest I'm actually worried that the show is gonna make me cry because they're very likable characters and we know how it ends and I don't know like I I was emotional when he was like no and then he was like yeah I was like oh god the pain must be so bad that you want the doctor and I'm just thinking about the medical care back then God knows what they were doing to him. Like he must have been in so much pain to ask for the doctor to come and run the risk of being seen by someone. I was like, oh no, this show's gonna, this is gonna break my heart. Yeah, I know what you mean. So yeah. before we go, do you have any final predictions for episode three? Uh, no, but I just wanted to get ladies in waiting now. I want Lady Danbury to join her permanently, and for that to happen. Mhm. Do you think um, we're going to see more sex scenes soon? I really hope so, Nat. But I've got a bad feeling we're not going to get any now for a couple of episodes. I think it's going to be like, yeah, awkward discomfort back to square one. And then maybe something happens where he reveals how he feels about her and then they have some sex again. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm all out of ideas. I think that's the only thing I've got, really. Um, cool. Do you think Lady Danbury is going to dish the dirt on Queen Charlotte? Final question. No, I think maybe she was just making the Queen believe that, but then she'll just feed her whatever Charlotte wants her to know, hopefully. Yeah, Yeah. that's cool. And that makes me like her, that she would do that. Great. Well, we'll make loads of polls, so please come on Facebook and search for Bridgerton Bitches or the Bridgerton Girls and come and fill in our polls and let us know what you think. Thank you for listening. Bye.